Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Larry's done a phenomenal job and, and, and played really well. I'm, I'm impressed with, with um, the way he's been playing. You know, going into the season, he had the, the durability there a couple of times where he was back and then he was out, back and out. And, and then he, he was able to lock in and do some good things. And then, unfortunately, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, um, with him not not being around, it, it's you know a, a Fetty coming back, and now he's in. Um, a, Jermaine's been playing well too, so that that dynamic of of where those guys are at again, every situation is a little bit different, but uh, we like where where Larry's at, um, and there's dynamics to to all of those, um, to all you know different parts of the rooms of the of the team, you know positions. So uh, we discuss all that and we work through it, but Larry's done a great job. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. That was the voice of Matt Nagy. He is the head coach, and he is a master of the non answer answer. He did give a response when asked why Larry Borum wasn't starting, but it was pretty inexplicable and there wasn't any um, meat on that bone, if you will. I don't know what he was saying. I don't know how he meant it, and um, it's just super weird. And we talk about the offensive line and what to expect from the offensive line moving forward, and the hope is that they have gotten themselves a couple of tackles that they can rely upon moving forward into the future uh, James Daniels is um, still a very young player. He is also a guy who's out of contract. And I think we have picked apart every possible, what do you do with the team? How are you going to handle? But nobody, for whatever reason, oh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the return man made the Pro Bowl, but he's a free agent. Nobody seems to be talking about James Daniels. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why he isn't more of a concern just because at, at age 24, he should be a part of the future of this team. But then again, 
when they give out contracts, they tend to give out bad ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for every, uh, for every player that you, you like and think they're doing well, there's, there's Eddie Jackson out there where you at the time made him the richest safety in the NFL. And guess what? It, pretty much that coincided with him stopping making these uh, impact, take the ball away plays. Yeah, James's third position, right? Third position since he's been here. He's a young guy. He got drafted. He was 20 years old. Uh, he's got all the tools. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, if the Bears don't want him, uh, there's a lot of teams who do. So uh, I hope they're negotiating a contract with James Daniels as we speak. Uh, that goes back to the fact that who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. If Ryan Pace uh, has felt like he was going to be here next year, James Daniels may already be uh under contract or in negotiation with somebody up there at Hallis Hall because uh, you don't find 24-year-old guards who play at that level. Uh, he could play center. He could play left guard. They moved him from center. Obviously, they said that uh, him and Mitch uh, didn't communicate well. Uh, he wasn't making all the calls as a young a young center there. They put him at left guard. He was playing really well until he tore his peck. Now they put him at right guard. Uh, he's obviously an above-average offensive lineman. Does a nice job. I don't think he's played – exceptional the last couple of two or three or four weeks. I don't know if uh, some of that, you know, as we know, uh, when you play bad on Sunday, that starts on Monday. So uh, his focus to details, his attention to his fundamentals uh, seems to have slipped to me. But uh, you're not going to find a lot of guys, Pat, like James Daniels out there. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about this. What position would you like to see him at? Because I know when he came out of Iowa, you thought he was going to be a great center and a bright future. Mm-hmm. Then you got to see him at guard, and you were really impressed with him. And what I've seen this year, and I'll, I'll let you break down all the technical stuff, is just the inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point, too. It could be what he's doing during the week to get ready for that opponent or whoever it is. But there are some run plays where he just dominates, and you're like, mm-hmm. that is you know, what you want to see. And then there's some pass sets. He gets beat right off the ball, which is you know, discouraging. But what position would you like to see him at? Yeah, I think he was drafted at center, right? And, and mm-hmm. I thought he could have been an all-pro center. I, I really did. Uh, obviously, you're not in the building. You don't know about the mental mental mm-hmm. processing at that position. How can, Does he get everybody moving in the right direction? Which is Sam Mustafer's strength, right? When you watch the film, when you listen to the TV copy, Sam Mustafer does an exceptional job of getting everybody moving in the right direction, picking up blitzes. As you know, Pat, that is a talent that, that yes. is in, into itself. That's something that goes unnoticed, but if you have a guy like that, it's a huge advantage. So James has to work. My problem was they took him out so early. Uh, How do they know? And then just said he couldn't do it. And it's almost like they stubbornly have not wanted to put him back there, right? Because uh, I had people who watched that offensive line play when they watched James Daniels run block at center. um, They they thought he – I thought they thought he might have been the best Run blocking center in the whole NFL, and that's hard to say, man. I mean, that is a that is an advantage wow. to have a guy there who can do that. So uh, the offensive line, if you ask me, since Coach Nagy, since Ryan Pace have arrived, has been mismanaged. And for me, uh, one question for the guy who wants to sit in the chair Ryan Pace sits in is, well, what are you going to do to fix our football team? And if he does not say offensive line first, then he is. I turn my zoom off and I go on to the next guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I think they said it at different points. They just never did it, right? right. And, and that's, you know, it's giving lip service to things. This is what concerns me about the, the people that are interviewing the potential head coach, general manager, is that it's one thing for people to say things. It's quite another to get specifics about how they're going to act. And that's why you better have somebody that knows what the hell they're listening to when they're interviewing someone. Because people 
people do very well in interviews. Some people don't, but other people do, and and they don't know how to do anything other than interview. That's a problem. Yeah, and for example, right, if you, if you just look at Coach Nagy's last few press conferences, what what's the one thing he talked about the most, which is, you know, it's a site he talks about the offense line, the run game, but now lately – it's been red zone offense. We need to score points. I'm glad you finally got here, right? I'm yeah. glad you finally showed yeah. up yeah. to we need more points party, right? So anyway, but, what, but okay, that's fine when you say that stuff. But then when you're in the red zone and I look at the backfield, it has Jakeem Grant. I mean, I'm sorry, Daz Newsom and oh Damon Williams. And then you're running a screen to Damon Williams. You don't mind that I'm confused, right? Like I'm confused by what you're trying to say here because you're saying the red zone, you have to you gotta get the ball to your best players. We gotta put the ball in the end zone, but it doesn't seem like that's what, what you're doing. And and to your point, Mully, is anybody there who can turn the film on him and say, Look, explain this to me. Explain look, I got these ten plays you've ran the red zone the last two games. Explain to me the thought process behind this. The other one you had what Daz Newsom blocking Anthony Barr? On the, on the fumble play? Did you see mm-hmm. Anthony Barr throw him mm-hmm. t- towards the well, sideline? Well, but, but, Pat, they, they motioned Jimmy Graham, right? You yeah. know what yeah. you're going to get there, right? right. You're going to get Kendricks. You're going to get Bars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get Sheldon Richardson. So now you got a Fetty um, team captain. He got beat by Sheldon Richardson pretty bad there, which is not shocking to me, right? I'm, I'm not going to take a Fetty in that matchup over Sheldon Richardson on a reach block outside zone, uh, in the red zone, I'm just not going to take it. So you you basically triangle. If you take Harrison Smith out, uh, you know three out of the top four players, right? You mm-hmm. basically triangle them and said, okay, we're going to run the ball at these guys with Demir Bird, Daz Newsom, and Jermaine Fetty and Jimmy Graham. Uh, the, the the odds in Vegas, the odds in Vegas, right? They weren't. They were minus three hundred. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah. So I guess the question then becomes. If you don't know what you're looking at and you don't know that the coach knows what he's looking at, why don't you just ask him, okay, what is your signature play, right? Mm-hmm. You're in the red zone. You know, Let's say you're in it, within the 10-yard line. What do you run best? How do you run it? And all you get are weird gimmicks. That, that to me is one of the – you know, just what you just mentioned about – about Daz Newsome, about uh, 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 using um, uh, Williams instead of, you know, David Montgomery. How can you not have, like, a standard, well, we know we can do this. We're in short yardage. We know we can get this done. How, how don't, don't you have to ask someone uh, just a basic question about your, what is your best play? And how often do you run it? And what are you going to do in this situation with that play? Yeah, I mean, that, that is a basic question, right? That's a basic question that should be answered uh, by your head coach. When, when you ask that question, another basic question would be if you ask uh, the people who run Hallis Hall, what is your favorite sport, right? What is your philosophy <laughs> for your favorite sport, right? I mean, these are just basic questions, and, and George and Ted should answer. What is your favorite sport? What sport do you like to watch the most? What do you think about football? What is your philosophy? When you watch a football game, what kind of football team do you want to see? These are just questions that should be answered by the people who run a $4 billion organization. Yeah, and it's also, do they like money or do they like wins? Which one do they like more? And right now it seems they like the money. But I want to go back. So, Molly, we talked about last week uh, what Bill Lazor's comments about Tevin Jenkins stepping yeah. in and not giving him any help. 
And Olin, you've talked about this before in Red Zone is players, not plays. Well, to me, Bill Lazor, it's plays, not players. Like you just described, you're running, okay, that's going to look great on the grease board, but who's blocking who? So that's Bill Lazor saying, no, we, this play, we can just out-execute them, but we don't have the players to do it. And, and you, you can't do that. You can't be successful. And to me, when you get a game plan and you see who's in and who's out, you attack those weaknesses, and it doesn't seem like they do that. They just write up plays and say, all right, let's go execute this play. I don't care who's executing it for us, but it looks good as X's and O's on the board. But it, it, that, when Bill Lazor talked about Tevin Jenkins, that sums it up right there, that they don't, they don't scheme it the right way. They might scheme it the right way, but with the wrong players the wrong way. Yeah, th- listen, Lazor, what he said last week, I think it was a coach's show with, with Jeff Joniak. And yeah. Jeff Joniak asked him about Tevin Jenkins, and he said, uh, look, no one, basically he said no one feels sorry for him. He's got to do his job. If he's suited up, he's expected to play at a high level, and that's what he wants from us. So, something like that is what he said. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're a former player, man, I mean, there's steam coming out of your ears when you hear this guy say that, and then you think to yourself, well, I think I just found everything that's wrong with the so-called culture at Hallis Hall, right? That is not the culture of a – what you'd expect a football coach to say is, look, we know he had back surgery. Uh, we, we motioned J.P. Holtz. We motioned Jesse James over. We gave him a little help because we knew Preston Smith on the road uh, inside the 10-yard line was going to be a tough matchup. We knew that. So we're going to give the guy a little bit of help, and that's why we talked about earlier that – thought that maybe they should have been playing Tevin Jenkins uh, one to two series anyway, right, when when he first came back because you knew that if Peters went down, which you thought he would not finish uh, 17 games for the first time ever in the NFL season, you thought the 40-0 wouldn't finish that. I know that's shocking, but he might not finish those 17 games. Um, you would get your young guy ready because as soon as Peters got hurt, guess who's up for the rest of the game? It's Jenkins, right? But um, it's just – it's just frustrating when you hear a coach say that because um, obviously he's covering his own you-know-what, and, and he doesn't want to take the blame for that bad play call. Just say, look, man, um, I didn't really consider the fact that Tevin Jenkins was in there. Wish I would have helped him more, but for a coach to actually swallow his ego and say that, would be, I, would have, I would faint. I would faint if a coach did that. So um, it's just frustrating, man, when you watch it. You, you watch last week. Uh, the, you know, they move fields out of pocket. They have big plays. You think they're going down in the third quarter, and of course they don't. But 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 I've been we've been saying that too many times with this coaching staff. So it is their time, like we've been saying. Um, you know, I don't know where you're at with Tevin Jenkins, but it's very interesting um, to me that they apparently Matt Nagy the, the day after the first appearance from Jenkins said, "Well, you realize, basically, he said you realize if we are leaving in guys to help him." then we can't get enough guys out to run a play. You know, we, we won't have enough guys. And you're kind of like, but, Coach, if you don't help him, then the quarterback is going to be jumping in the air and trying to throw it back. He's going to be running for his life. He's going to get sacked. Like, it, it just – his response to the question made no sense mm-hmm. at all because you were putting a guy on the field. Half the time we helped him. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to help him more than half the time? Help them every damn play. If you can't <laughs> yeah. get a play run, don't you have to help them? And, and you know, they, he's picked up a lot of penalties. I get it. And, and I guess it would be over 59 penalties if, that, if, you, if you extrapolated that over the course of a 17-game season. He did get better from one week to the next. But, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they are that interested in trying to, and I'm using air quotes, develop 
him with the greatest developer of all time. I, I just don't understand why they're not more committed. If you're developing a quarterback, isn't the first thing to make sure that you are giving him some some sure. space and some time, right? And how do you create that? Well, you help the the, the tackle. Well, you can I mean, you can scheme it, right? You can mm-hmm. scheme it to help him out. You can slide protect. You can set protections to help him out. You can ship with the running back, and that's your you know safety valve. You can slam you know a tight end down there. There's many things you can do to help him, and that's up to the coach to develop a game plan and figure that out. And for him to say that we don't need to do that or we shouldn't have to do that for him, that just that makes again that's you're incriminating yourself as a coach if you're saying that. You're just saying you're not a very good coach. I don't know how to do it. I can't do it. Because every team, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have lesser talent. You have to protect those guys and coach around it, and there are ways to do it, and they're not doing it. Yeah, and and to, to the bigger point, Coach, um, how about the first play he's in, you know, ever? You know, after right, not having right. no offseason and, and not having any practice. You might understand. Empty. I, I understand at some point we have to get everybody out. We all know that. Like, that's football one-on-one. Uh, you can't help him on every single play, but – the first time he's ever in, Coach. The first time against Preston Smith in the red zone, on the road, against Green Bay. It just seems like a good time to me to give him a little chip help. As far as Tevin Jenkins goes, um, I remember, Pat, I told this story many times, um, there's a reach block as a center. And, and we had a nose guard here, Molly, Mike Wells. Oh, and, and Mike sure. Wells was a monster, right? I mean, Mike Wells, I think the first time I walked into Hallis Hall weight room, he was benching 565 or something like that. And, um, you know, he was 330, 335, and he crowded the ball, and it was just a hard block. And I went out there, and I used to do this jump turn where I grabbed the outside of the nose guard's shoulders and throw them to the ground in college. And, and I went out there, and I tried to do that to Mike Wells. Um, I was six feet in the air, and Mike Wells pile drive me into the ground. I ran the running. I tackled the running back myself, um, and, and I'm on the ground. And Tony Wise yells at me. Uh, That's the block you were drafted for. And the reason why I tell you that is this: it took me all the camp. It took me most of the season to develop the techniques I would need to use in the NFL. So yes, Tevin Jenkins does wrap his hands outside the shoulder pads. He he does turn too early a lot of times when he's in his passive. But all of that, Pat, even at long snapper, I'm sure you have to learn what yep. works and what doesn't work in the NFL. So the fact that he struggles holding guys, he's got to regroup his hands. He did improve a lot the second game. And you can see Jason Peters really into it on the sideline, the holding call, talking to somebody about what he should have been doing. So I think this kid will continue to learn, continue to take jumps, Tough job today on the road, obviously, with that crowd noise in Seattle. But I thought he took a big jump in second week. Somebody that's who you're playing, Woonham, is not Preston Smith. But he's got to keep his hands inside, obviously, fundamentals, pad level, uh, you know, take one more kick when you think you should open up. All those things he's got to work on. But, look, uh, no camp. Uh, they don't go live in practice anymore. There is a lot of work to be done. and He just has to be willing to do it. And Olin, I've heard you tell that story before. Maybe you can expand a little bit more of how you perfected that block and learned that block. I know it's by watching tape, but I would do the same thing. Is I would watch guys that I felt were similar body styles to me or something they did well, try to figure out how they did it. I mean, I would watch the film over and over, the footwork, handwork, whatever it was, and I think you did that as well. Isn't that right? Yeah, I, I hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, I, I, I pulled out – you know, I, I would always think, Pat, okay, who is a guy, like you said, body-wise kind of matches my style, but not only that – Who's a guy who worked up from, say, practice squad? Because, you know, he learned something, right? He learned right. something fundamentally. And Tom Nalen was a center uh, for the Denver Broncos. 
Uh, you know, he played under Alex Gibbs, who was the outside zone guru at the time. And that play was the outside zone. I had to get my head across. And I just watched Nalen over and over and over again and watched his footwork and watched his hand placement. Obviously, you can't do it exactly like somebody. But these are things that, that you have to do. But, but here's what I'm saying. Tevin Jenkins doesn't have to turn the film on. Mm-hmm. The Hall of Famer is standing there on the sideline, right? right? So what what a huge advantage for this for Tevin Jenkins to have Peters there. That's why you want Borum playing, because Peters yep. is there. More than Juan Castillo, the developer, there is a Hall of Fame tackle standing there watching the games. Get these young kids on the field so he can help them develop. Olin, you were literally the youngest player in the league when you came out. Mm-hmm. I, I think you were like you were, were you 18, 19? I mean, you were very young. Man did, you, did you just get man strength? Is that how you got better? Uh, no, I mean, look, I, I was young, and that first year I played like it had a had a great opportunity to learn behind a center called uh, – his name is Casey Wigman. Yeah. Ended up playing 16 years, I think it was, and uh, he was a pro's pro, did everything right, uh, really taught me how to be a pro, but I, I was young, and, and you could argue too young. And I, and I left early. Obviously, I wasn't, you know, this big academic guy, so I left school early. Uh, came came to the NFL. I was 20 years old, and 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 not. Really. And there's a lot to learn. But if you're willing to do it, if you're willing to go through the tough times, if you're really to go through getting your butt kicked, uh, getting back up, trying to learn, trying to learn from other people, uh, humble yourself, listen to people. Uh, you you can do it. But uh, like you're saying, Molly, when I got here though. Um, you know, strength wasn't my problem. It, it was just the fact that the techniques I was using did not work in the NFL, and I need to learn how to play against the best guys in the world. Yeah, the, the one thing, you know, we're talking about Hall of Famers. Remember we had Anthony Munoz come to practice, and this is back when I was kind yeah. of a practice squad O-lineman or whatever, and I was struggling when I was young to be able to vertical set as a, as a snapper. You know, as you in college, you got to be able to block and all that kind of stuff. And I'm watching Anthony Munoz work with the tackles, and he was talking about, how he wanted to stay square on speed rushers. And he would almost do a, a split step, I guess you'd call it. He'd be going left, he'd step with his right foot first and then his left foot. And that way he would keep his shoulder square. And I'm like, wait a minute, I could try that long snapping because the most important thing is keeping your shoulder square and not opening up. So that helped me tremendously. But having guys like that around, you just you take all that information you can in and try it, apply it, see if it works. Some doesn't. But uh, I was very fortunate, or we were, to have Anthony Munoz come in and, and spend training camps with us and just to be able to pick that man's brain and help me a ton just even as a long snapper. Do you guys remember Terrence Metcalf mm-hmm. when he was oh, a yeah. guard? Can you, can you tell us about him? Because it's pretty extraordinary. His son is so athletic mm-hmm. it's unbelievable you you don't usually think of uh of a guy whose dad was a guard in the league turning into that kind of an athlete mm-hmm. well, well Metcalf was you know I think he was an all-american left tackle at Ole Miss a uh, very good football player had some knee problems when he got here which kind of slowed him down but a uh, tough football player uh, you know part of the offensive line I think for six seven years here mm-hmm. uh you know really really good guy I remember uh when when me and Peanut Tillman went down there and introduced uh, called, uh, announced the Bears draft pick in uh, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. It was David Montgomery. I was on the elevator, and there was this huge guy uh, uh, standing behind me. And he, 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 I just turned real. I turned around. I put my head down so he wouldn't get mad at me. And he said, uh, 
uh, uh, Mr. Kroots, and it was DK Metcalf, and that guy is huge, man. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up and I came out, I came out of the elevator and I called Metcalf, brother Met, and he was standing there, and I said, "What's up, brother Met?" He said, "Only oh, you remember my son DK?" And I said, "Yeah, he looks a little different now than when he was here." <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that was amazing when they came out with that draft stuff and you're really finding out who he is. I'm like, wait, that's Terrence's kid, the little one that we would see around Hallis Hall or outside of Soldier Field after the game. And he's a man child, man. That guy is is an absolute beast. And it's been fun to watch watch him grow. And I think this, you know, Terrence does a lot with him as well, right? I think does he represent him as well or works with him and you know the media or all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, it's I just don't, been cool I don't to know watch that, him grow. But if you look yeah. at it, like who is covering DK Metcalf? Tyler right, Lockett yeah. and Everett today, right? Because um, that that is a handful, man. As, as yeah. much as uh, the the defense played well last week, a lot of that was Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn getting pressure. Yeah, uh, like the Vikings were down to like their six, you know, fifth, sixth wide receiver outside of uh, Justin Jefferson on the outside. So uh, this week, really, really big challenge with that wide receiver corpse that the Seahawks have. The, when when Metcalf was sprinting, you remember that video when he was just he was joining like he was trying out for some Olympic thing. Holy mother of God! The, just the size of that man compared to the sprinters around him, and you know he didn't win, but he stayed in that pack. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking like, how is that humanly possible? What what a uh, what a, an unbelievable size speed ratio, and I, I, you know, they, I don't know. I mean, Thomas Graham Jr. is the new star. Maybe you oh. just put him on. <laughs> Absolute freak show, DK Metcalf is man. Yeah. He really yeah. is, and it can show. It shows you how scouts can outthink themselves sometimes. Because yeah. I, I saw him. Obviously, it was the second day of the draft. He hadn't been drafted yet, uh, and they were on their way home, disappointed. But, but obviously, that's all worked out. Uh, for him because I guess people are worried about his side-to-side movement. When I look at him, I don't really care how much he moves side-to-side. He's just a monster, <laughs> right? But uh, as far as Thomas Graham goes, uh, I think we've talked about him before on this show. I've been wondering where he's been because mm-hmm. I thought he looked right. really good in preseason, right, Pat? I thought he looked, thought he played well with, with their struggles at the nickel cornerback position, with their struggles at the cornerback position. they kind of wondering where this guy's been. He's come out and showed you that uh, uh, he belongs playing at this level. Yeah, and he's got a great challenge day, like we said. And again, that's kind of an indictment on Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy of why this kid has not been on the field before. Because he came out there, and I thought he played great. And the other thing I loved is his aggressiveness. I think he had seven tackles. He was coming off the corner, making some plays on the running back. Um, I'm excited to see him play. But one I'm disappointed to not see is Jalen Johnson against Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That, that's the stuff, you know, it's when, with the COVID stuff with these guys not playing. Those are the matchups you want to see, and you want to see young guys get that experience against these big-time players. And that's unfortunate um, That's unfortunate that that happens. But uh, at least we'll see what Thomas Graham does against these guys. And maybe, maybe they found somebody. We talked about it last week. Maybe they find yep. somebody with these young guys coming up, yep. and maybe he's the one. You called it. That that was uh, that was a great uh, prediction that they'd find someone, and they did. All right, we got Mark Rohde's going to join us. We'll find out who's in and who's out, and we'll uh, we'll get a sense of uh, of uh, why you're trying to do like high school type um, motivation with your captains. Why are you starting those guys? We'll ask Rohde next. It is the pregame show here with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app. Do that today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. His injury has not gotten worse from the beginning of the week. Uh, it, it's getting better, but it's just it's just not at that point where we, you know, like we always say, we're going to always make sure that the player's health is number one. Uh, we can't put the player at risk, no matter who it is. Uh, so when you do that, it's easy. And, and you know, again, there's conversations with Justin. There's conversations with Andre and Ryan and myself and, and Flip and Laser. And so we talk through all that. And then we just got to gauge it and see. I mean, in the next couple of days, it could be better. You know, I'm assuming it would be better. Um, but we just got to see how much better. It's the pregame show. We've got Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley. That's the voice of Matt Nagy talking about uh, Justin Fields, who's out with an ankle injury or not starting. We'll find out if he's out. Um, and don't forget, this is presented by Bet Rivers, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. Let's get out to the guest hotline. Mark Grody joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Grody time! What's going on, gentlemen? And yeah, we are standing by, waiting for the inactives to cross. It should happen at any moment now, and that's that's the big one we're waiting to see. We, we know that Nick Foles, obviously, is starting, as you guys have been discussing today, but now it is a matter of who QB2 will be this year, and it's either going to be Justin Fields or or Ryan Willis. The word from Ryan Pace earlier today was that they were going to have Justin Fields go out on the field before the game, test out the ankle, see how he feels, and then make a decision based on that. I don't know that they have had much in the way of warm-ups at all in Seattle because the snow has been falling all day, and it continues to fall right now. So some of that has been negated. But it it will be very interesting to see who the, the backup quarterback is in this game for the Bears today. Gosh, this just can't be that hard, right, Grody? If, if he's your franchise and he's not healthy enough to start, then you sit him. You don't even try to warm him up. I mean, the stuff just doesn't make sense, but a lot of stuff they do don't make sense. Hey, Grody, um, what what has the Chicago Bears been talking about there as far as ball security with just the fact that they're minus 16 since week six in a turnover differential? Uh, what did we talk about, about takeaways and turnovers? Or has there been any emphasis up there on this stuff? You know, there hasn't been enough, Olin, and it, it was it was such a point of emphasis 
during training camp, at least from the takeaway standpoint. I mean, ball security is always something that, that coaches are going to um, coach and, and stress and make sure is real. But they made such a big deal about takeaways in the preseason with the takeover, the takeaway bucket and all of that, which has vanished from the sideline, incidentally. I have not seen uh, the, 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 <laughs> the, the turnover bucket. It's such an indictment on, on what they are there, right? They don't know what they are. They don't know what their exactly. philosophy is, right? It just yeah. keeps changing. Oh, yeah, and it, it was like that was all the rage. And, you know, even like I remember talking about how Matt Nagy for the first time in his time with the Bears is actually investing some time in the defense and talking about how, well, we're going to be the turnover machine this year in terms of taking the ball away. That hasn't happened. Ball security hasn't happened this year. So, again, it these are like, especially from the ball security standpoint, these are rudimentary type of things. These are, these are the basic basics that we're talking about right here. So it is something that has just sort of faded away from the Bears in terms of, you know, and, and that's just it, man. I mean, we all thought that defense in general was part of what the Bears' identity was and then specifically takeaways, and none of that has come to pass this year for the Bears. Well, let's stay on the defensive side. I think you got a chance to talk to Thomas Graham this, this week. What did he say about last week's performance and, and going forward, his opportunity to potentially start. Will he be starting today? If he, do you know? Yeah, he should be starting today. Okay. I, I would be surprised if he isn't. I mean, obviously you do have Artie Burns back, but if it, I, I might guess it'll be Burns and Thomas Graham Jr. with Jalen Johnson, obviously out due to COVID. And yeah, he does, Patrick. He he looks at this as he well should as a tryout for for next year. And he knows that he's not there yet. He's not just going to assume that because he had a terrific, you know, NFL debut. And it was a very good, it was legitimately good. I mean, he played well. But, you know, I, when I talked to him, he talked about how this is now the most important game and that everything that he did in that last game, it doesn't matter because the coaches are still evaluating him. And if he has a bad game today, then all that goodwill that he has gotten from everybody suddenly, goes away and you know I, I asked him I said so this is a tryout for you for the next three games he said yeah but it's also the tryout is also in practice he said I still have to improve in practice I have to impress in practice and he knows that he'll have an entire training camp next year and who knows I mean who knows what the, the defense looks like who knows what they they bring in I mean they, they have to continue to bring in more defensive backs next year I mean I just you, you just can't go with Artie Burns and Kendall Vildor and just assume that Thomas Graham Jr. a sixth round rookie is going to be what he was last week I'd love to see it and like I said he he was legit but I think you know Thomas Graham Jr. was saying what I was thinking. He's still got a long way to go, no matter what the case was. And he and yes, he was thrilled with what he did last week. He told me that he he wrote down his goals about three weeks ago on a piece of paper, saying I would like to start in an NFL game this year. And it came to be, obviously, and things went very well. So yeah, I, it'll be fun to watch him today. I mean, <laughs> the matchups are going to be tough yeah. today with Tyler Lockett and and DK Metcalf. So it it's you know those, those guys. And Metcalf has not been as good in the in the last few weeks or so, but we know what kind of a threat he is, and we know that these guys are going to look at a young secondary, no matter what Thomas Graham Jr. did last week, and say, we're going to go at that guy. Yeah, pray for snow. So, Mark, <laughs> uh, we, you know, you have the great advantage over everyone. You've actually talked to Ryan Willis. 
you saw him taking photos at Soldier Field last week, and you introduced yourself. You've uh, you've met him. Um, here's what I don't get: if 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 they're doing a tryout for Justin Fields to find out if he's able to go, shouldn't he start? If he's if he passes yeah. some fitness test, why wouldn't he start? I mean, and if he can't right. play, why would he? Why would you, you know, try to determine whether he can pass a fitness test? Well, exactly. Like, it, it all seems sort of ridiculous that if, okay, so if he's going to be quarterback two and he gets in in the first, you know, in a series if Nick Foles gets injured, so then, then you are then you are putting your quarterback, the future of your franchise, in danger. And I've been, for the most part, I've been like, yeah, just keep keep playing Justin Fields. Let him, let him learn. Let's not sit him out just because he's bumped and bruised a little bit. But, if yeah, if you are saying that he is only worth your, your, your second-string quarterback, then, to me, by definition, you are putting him in danger. So, in guessing, and I'm still looking at my texts here and waiting to see the, if the inactives come out, um, I, I am guessing it will be Ryan Willis. Now, when Ryan Pace, or excuse me, when Matt Nagy was asked about Willis this week, I mean, as usually, kind of hemmed and hawed over the possibility, but he did admit he said, "Look, Ryan Willis is cramming right now. He is, you know, he, he hasn't had it barely any reps in practice. You know, Nick Foles barely had any first string reps in practice. I guess he had the first string reps on Friday, but you know, the Bears had a couple of walkthroughs this week and maybe a couple of legit practices. So, you know." For will for us to assume that Ryan Willis would just be ready um, is sort of foolish as well. Uh, but it it would be interesting. I would prefer at this point to see Ryan Willis be the backup quarterback, just in the name of health, because what you're saying makes complete sense, Molly. That if if he's healthy, he should be starting today. Hey Grody, uh, two young guys on the offense that that I think have not been playing uh, really well the last three weeks ago, the Cardinals, the Packers, and the Vikings uh, are Cole Komet and James Daniels. Any any talk up there about how uh, they need to step their game up and their continued development is really important for the Chicago Bears, especially on offense? Yeah, Cole Komet especially, Olin, because I thought that this would be the year that, that he would make the bigger jump. And the thing is about Komet is that he has had opportunities this year where he is just either – you know, dropped footballs or had bad technique on catches. I mean, he's been criticized for catching with his body this year. So he has not been the playmaker that the Bears have expected him to be this year, especially that position, the tight end in this Matt Nagy offense, whatever is left of this Matt Nagy offense. That's obviously a, a key part to it as well. Um, as for James Daniels, yeah, I mean, that that's a part of the offensive line that you didn't even want to have to think about being, you know, critical of because you just assumed that the interior was going to be tight and it was going to be okay and it was going to be the outside guys that you were going to be dealing with uh, that were going to be, you know, with having a couple of rookies in those spots. So, yeah, I mean, I talked to, to James Daniels a couple of weeks ago. He's hard on himself. Uh, but, you know, they've also had to deal with a lot of different moving parts on that offensive line as well. Justin well, Fields inactive. That that just uh, came out. I think Biggs tweeted it. Justin there we Fields go. Inactive. Uh, and, and Ryan Willis will be wearing number 19. And the last Bears quarterback to appear in a game with that number was Gary Huff. Gary Huff. <laughs> okay. So, okay. All right, well, okay. this, this is, well, guys, this is the – this is the right move. I mean, this is, 
if Justin Fields is banged up and who knows how healthy the ribs are even, but when we're talking about a leg injury, yeah, in this case, the Bears are doing the right thing. Now I have to think to myself, do I want to see Ryan Willis play today? I kind of want to see hey, Ryan uh, Willis play he today. He was the spring league MVP in the Mega Bowl. That's right. Yep. You're, you're, you're damn right he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. Well, I mean, that is, well, that, you're, you're, you're right. you, Listen, he's not taking your disrespect, Grody. I'm telling that right now. <laughs> if, if Ryan hey. Willis has to play, according to Bill Lazor, he should be able to run his entire playbook. No doubt. There's no excuse, right? because Pat. Because no. Yeah, no excuse. You're an NFL player. You step in like Kevin Jenkins. Well played. No, you've had enough time to cram. Yeah, you, no you doubt. The whole playbook. No Let's go. Hey, Guys, we're at that point, man. Why Why not? Why not? Why why not see Ryan Willis out on the field today? Does, I mean, any, does anybody know what the Spring League Mega Bowl is? Does anybody no, know? No. I'm trying to figure that out. No, I saw that too, and I didn't bother to look into the I Mega Bowl. I think somebody just got me yeah. on Wikipedia, whatever that sounds is. Like, it sounds like yeah, a Breaking it, League or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, well, yeah, I will is say that the Laundry League? Laundry League. Yeah, laundry yeah exactly. <laughs> the, the realness on him, though, is that a couple of months ago, the Bears had a bunch of quarterbacks in, and he, he did win the tryout for whatever that's worth, and that – you know, earned him a place on the practice squad. It earned him an activation, and now he will be appearing in a Chicago Bears uniform today as the backup to Nick Foles. Good for him, man. A- Why not? Million dollar deal for him. for him? Is that what they paid him? <laughs> yeah. That, hey, that's Mega Bowl money right there, Molly. You know? <laughs> hey, Grody, I got I got one more question for you about. Uh, you know, we talked about James Daniels, and we talked about earlier about possibly extending him. And this is the time of time of year where guys will get the extension or a new contract. Has there been any talk up there at Hallis Hall about guys possibly negotiating or getting an extension before the season's over? No, I mean, it's okay. been really quiet in, in that regard. You know, that I'm thinking about that in regards to, to Roquan Smith, too, who, as far as I know, unless he got one in the last 24 hours, Roquan Smith still doesn't have an agent, which is just bizarre. Um, so I don't know what that means for Roquan. I think Roquan likes it here, and I think he'd like to stick around into the future. But no word on that. Been very quiet on on that front in terms of potentially extending players. But I would imagine um, that he, he would. I can't see them not wanting to keep James Daniels around into the future. Mark, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. Gentlemen, have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you later. Go to Bird. Yeah, that's from Bert. <laughs> yes. I expect I expect no to see bears, lots Bert. of lots of tweets from you with a little bird on it today. All <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it, man. Later, I'll guys. Let's see if we can catch a punt. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah. Oh, and he. By the way, he was mentioned as the punt returner again for the Bears oh, today. Boy. So, oh, it's going to be a Demir Bird day after all. Yeah. Rush eleven. They'll be they'll be they'll be more than using a bird. Maybe they'll be the flipping of one. If, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> let's keep this going. <laughs> See you guys. All right, buddy. See ya. That is Mark Grody. We've got to get to a quick break. We'll be right back here on the pregame show on the score. It's the pregame show. We've got Olin Kruitz and Patrick Manley here on the score, presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. So uh, I don't know if it means they're going to run the ball 24-7, but uh, goodness gracious, the, the Bears, um, the, it is snowing badly in Seattle. I mean, you should see this field. I'm looking at it on uh, – I'm looking at the – how about this? The Bears uh, tweeted out um, Bears weather in Seattle, 
And, um, you know, there's obviously snow there. Apparently the Bears, and I don't know if anyone is aware of this, 46, 50, and 1 when the temperature is below 32 degrees. So I don't know that we need to be bragging about bear weather, but I get the idea that uh, you're supposed to be used to it and the opponent isn't. But this this would be, um, I believe, um, Buffalo beating New England right now 17-7. But we know what happened when they played in Buffalo and there was a snowstorm mm-hmm. and they ran the ball the whole game uh, talking about New England. Seems like that might be a way out of this, especially with your quarterback issues. I think you got to do it. I think that should be done anyway. I mean, you you look at last week's game. I was actually going through some of the notes that first and second down, David Montgomery would get carries, and the next thing you know, he'd get you know first down or 15 yards or whatever. Next thing you know, they're going to gadget plays and doing whatever and getting away from it. I would like to see that continue. There's another times, you know, he gets two carries, gets pulled off the field. I, I don't understand that. But, again, we're dealing with this coaching staff, right? We keep saying what we want to see, what we think they should do. They're not going to do it. You know they're not going to do it. He's probably one of, He wants to go out there with, with Nick Foles and still run his empty set and say, oh, this guy's a great reader of the field and we'll do all that. I just don't know if we'll see it. But, um, you know, I, I think we should, but I just don't think we will. But, Olin, I want to go back to a story. Remember we played the Patriots and we knew the game was going to be snowing, windy, uh, just going to be terrible in Soldier <laughs> yes, Field. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we figured uh, they were going to run the ball the whole game. We came out with a stacked defense. And next thing you know, what's Belichick doing? Hitting Wes Welker for two-yard little little, little pitch, pitch outs. And they torched us for like, what, 390 yards or something Tom Brady did. So you never know. You can get different game plans because we weren't ready for it. Uh, Bill Belichick did his thing against us. But I think these Bears need to run the ball. That's that's their strength. And I think David Montgomery is, is one heck of a running back. And I'd like to see that happen. Yeah, for three years now, right? For three years. Yeah. Uh, they've been needing to run the ball. They've been needing to feed David Montgomery, move the pocket, uh, run screens, go to more of a power running game, protect your quarterback, uh, play action on the move, uh, things like that. So today, uh, like Molly is saying, hopefully the snow forces them into uh, this game plan because really uh, when you think about this game and say, okay, how, how do they beat the Seattle Seahawks? Well, first we talked about earlier, uh, they got to stop First of all, turn the ball over. They got to hopefully get a takeaway. And then where do they find their points, guys? Where do we score points at a defense that only gives up 20 points a game? Uh, They're at home. Obviously, they're not great against the pass. We just heard that they have their fourth string defensive back, a guy they just signed. Now we'll start a cornerback for them. But how do the Chicago Bears – uh, Nick Foles put the ball in the end zone uh, to get enough points to beat Russell Wilson is the biggest question of the game. And, and hopefully the snow will slow some of this down. But, uh, you know, you just don't know the Bears, whether they run the ball, whether they pass the ball, no matter what they do, it just is where do we get enough points to win games from? Yeah, that 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 is the sad reality dating back really to the to this administration coming in, right? I mean – they scored points in 2018. That was all due to field position. That was all due to winning the turnover battle. That that has long passed. That has not happened around here in a long time. And um, and that's a great question because what we saw last week was what five trips into the red zone mm-hmm. and and you could have won that. You could have scored 34 points possibly, and you and you ended up with nine because. Uh, the last play of the game counted. It, it, it's just – it is tragic to a certain mm-hmm. extent that they can't score points. It, it doesn't make any sense. 
No, and I just I, we're going to see more of the same. I think we had a caller a couple of weeks ago where Molly, you and I, you said I, I saw this coming from a mile away, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're right. It just every week it's going to happen. Yeah. That's just what it is. They scored three. Well, I, I call it three points last week. That extra touchdown right. doesn't count. You know, and they have two turnovers in the red zone. They get a field goal blocked, and what they had three, two or three turnovers on downs, and it's just who they are. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they're going against this defense, which will give up yards in between the 20s, but they don't give up points in the red zone. So this this could be an ugly game, but uh, you know that's why they play them. But I, I just don't see I don't see Olin. I don't see them finding those points under the rocks. Mm-hmm. I actually don't even see them finding rocks. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, it's just it, 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 it would be shocking, right? It would be shocking right. if they found points, and it would be the power running game. And you, you would think moving the pocket, but now Foles is at quarterback. So, uh, what do you do there to get him on the move? Because you'd expect that there's going to be uh, some pass rush there from the Seattle Seahawks. You know, with the with the crowd noise and everything, especially getting a red zone. And as far as their takeaways, I mean. I think they have 12 this year. In 2018, they had 36 takeaways. So wow. uh, it, it's a crazy, it's crazy how that has come about. And like Grody said, you know, one of their biggest problems is uh, they don't know exactly what they are, right? If you preach something, you always preach it. If this is what we are, this is what we do. If you have a takeaway bucket, you have a takeaway bucket no matter what's going on, right? So the Bears, you can see they go back and forth from what they are and what they think they are. So, you know, and, and if we go to them finding points, we, we went through two red zone plays. We went through the outside zone, the fumble. Uh, we went through the screen. I mean, I remember the next trip into the red zone last week, they had Darnell Mooney, who, the, the you know, the, the red zone trip where he caught the ball, but it was out of bounds, right? Yeah, He's right. their best wide receiver. They had him on second or third down. He was staying in to block and chip, right? Yeah. So, again, it's not like like you're not using your players in those situations. So you're just hoping uh, that they come up with a better plan, that they actually study uh, their red zone. They use Montgomery in the red zone. Don't take him out. If you're going to throw a screen, throw a screen to him. They use Mooney. Cole Komet needs to catch the ball in the red zone when he posts guys up on those routes in the middle of the field. Uh, everybody knows he wants to use Jimmy Graham because, obviously, uh, he's more important than Kyle Fuller as a cornerback. <laughs> Oh, All man. right, we got the FFA <laughs> joining us next. We'll uh, we'll take that uh, very sarcastic comment and <laughs> and weigh it during the break. Uh, the the pregame show <laughs> features Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley and is presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download that Bet Rivers app today. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 